Welcome to the Brew Crew Review Podcast, the show by fans or fans of your Milwaukee Brewers. Hello, Brewer fans. Welcome to the Brewer Brew Crew. God damn it. <laughs> I, I'm not editing this. Congratulately, Devin. Um, for a fan, four, three. That was a recap of the week. Um, welcome to another Brooker Review podcast. With joining me is Scott and Vince tonight. How are you guys doing? Hey, Craig. I'm doing great. Uh, could be better. Not gonna lie, but yeah, not not bad. <laughs> Craig, is that Chad right. that here tonight? Uh, he was preoccupied once again. Hmm. Did, did get the invite though, but hmm. couldn't that make it? Um, but um, all right. Well, the Brewers finished the week uh, homestand against the three game set against the Cardinals. They took two of three, and against the Dodgers, unfortunately, they took one of four games at home against the Dodgers. So three and four on the week. I think we all predicted better than that. Um, I think we predicted four or five wins, and that did not happen. Only three. And even though the Brewers got off to a magnificent start to the season, um, things are starting to become problematic in ways. And we are currently, as of this taping, in third place and heading in the wrong direction. Things aren't trending well for us, except for – Christian Yelich, who continues to be unbelievable. Uh, I think Vince put it, he's putting up video game type numbers. He's already has 13 homers on the season, uh, which leads the majors. Um, and he's just terrorizing the Cardinals, which is always nice to see. But, um, yeah, I don't know. What, what are you guys' thoughts on the week? And before we talk about specific players and some movements with our rotation and all that stuff, um, what are your overall thoughts? I mean, obviously you're playing some pretty good teams, playoff caliber teams, but hitting a little rough stretch even at home. Yeah, rough rough patch for sure. I think that, um, you know, as we've talked about on the show in the past, it's it's really a lot of questions surrounding our pitching um, staff, both the starting rotation and the bullpen. We've been giving up a lot of runs. So um, hopefully that trend uh, goes down a little bit. I, I you know, unfortunately, a couple of the games this past week, we were blown by Josh Hader, who's been so reliable over the past year and a half. Um, so that's maybe a bit of an aberration, I would say. But, um, you know, and due to happen at some point, maybe they just come in bunches for him. But, um, you know, overall, I think our starting rotation is still really struggling. We've got another uh, poor start from Corbin Burns, who, you know, got sent down after that uh, start. Um, so, yeah, the Brewers are going to have to find some answers. I don't know if the answers are guys that are – currently sitting in Milwaukee right now we're, we're you know still looking at potential upgrades maybe it's in the free agent market um, maybe guys in our system maybe it's going to just take time to develop some of these younger guys still but um, yeah rough rough uh, rough week but to, to the more optimistic side the Christian Yelich point um, he has just been such a joy to watch uh, the last you know or the first few weeks of this season and um it's it's funny. He probably could easily have 15 home runs if it wasn't for two great defensive plays, uh, one by Mike Trout, one by Cody Bellinger, um, that took away home runs. But uh, yeah, either way, I mean, two-time uh, National League Player of the Week already in a season that's gone what three and a half weeks so far. It's, it's mind-boggling. 
Yeah, it's been rough. I mean, obviously, I mean, um, just this last week, I mean, if, if haters as usual hate herself, then maybe this is a little bit better week for us. But unfortunately, he kind of proved that he was human this week, which was a little disappointing. But as good as Yelich has been, unfortunately, there are some holes in the lineup right now that, um, you know, I mean, let's let's not push the panic button yet. We're less than a month into the season. But, I mean, just first and foremost, Jesus Aguiar is, is – I don't know what he's doing at the plate, but he's not hitting, that's for sure. Um, I certainly hope he turns it around. Travis Shaw, we haven't really seen anything from him yet, although he was battling that hand injury, so kind of hoping that he's able to rebound. Uh, and then Braun, you know, aside from, you know, the occasional clutch home run, has not really um, hit very much himself either. And what's even more concerning with that one is Braun isn't walking either. And so um, – Mm-hmm. It makes me worried that maybe he's not seeing the ball really well. I mean, obviously, when you get at a certain age, you can very well just fall off a cliff. I don't think Braun is going to do that. Like I said, don't push the panic button. But he's definitely not um, playing as well as, as maybe we expect of him. Yeah, I, I mean, I look at the biggest problem in the lineup right now is being Aguiar. It's been uh, such minimal production out of a guy that was an all-star last year. You're talking about somebody who has – in the middle of this lineup and has five RBIs in the whole season so far. It's, it's, I think he's still at zero home runs. Um, you can ask the intern guy to verify that, but I, I think he still has yet to go yeah. yard and five RBIs on the year and um, his batting average is in the 100s. I mean, it's just, yeah, I, I think he is, uh, and, and Travis Shaw as well. He hasn't hit yet at all this year. So it's, it's problematic to have two guys that you really counted on for a lot of offensive production um, sitting in a, a long slump at this point. Yeah, it makes me wonder if, um, I guess, if uh, Eric Thames is going to start getting some more um, playing time at first base, maybe. I mean, they could even do something, uh, you know, something with shuffling the infield and having Shaw play a little bit of first base as well, or even with Sakas for that matter. I mean, there's a lot Mm -hmm. of things to do. It's a really, really versatile lineup. But um, right now, I mean, he's just not hitting and can't really afford – to put him there much longer because it's not like he's he's hitting the ball hard and just getting unlucky or something like that. I mean, he's look he's had a little of that, but he's had some really rough looking at bats. So yeah, um, looks completely lost at the plate, and and it's further complicated this week by as of this taping, Mike Mustaka is being day to day with a hand injury, so um, you lose his bat for a few games. Um, and, uh, yeah, it's it's really frustrating. Eric Thames, you know, again, as of the state, he got to start at first base against the Cardinals in game one of that series uh, on the road in St. Louis. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I mean, Travis Shaw is also a little bit concerning. I mean, obviously he put in two good years with the Brewers already, but a lot of people are saying he was a platoon bat, you know, somewhat of a career minor leaguer um, with the Red Sox. And he's showing a little bit of uh, his volleyball. He's been to the Brewers last season. He's showing – Definitely a slump to start the season. And then Jesus Aguilar, as, as you guys said, um, I mean, he was also a career minor leaguer with the Indians for quite a while and never really got a chance. But, I mean, if you look at last year, I mean, he was just on an incredible hot streak in the first half. I think he, he went from barely making the roster on opening day, like literally almost being cut, uh, to having, like, I think about 90 RBIs at the All-Star break last year, which is just ridiculous. Uh, but he did cool off in the second half a little bit last year. And so 
um, there are definitely some concerns. And I think that's why we probably, you know, if we had the options to trade fans, we'd probably kept them around as insurance. But as, as you guys pointed out, there's, you know, we could also use Shaw or Stockus at first and uh, bring someone, uh, you know, maybe bring up Hero for second or something at some point. But uh, I, I don't know. Um, I don't think it's quite time to hit the panic button yet. It's only like the third week into April. But, I mean, um, we'll, we'll see. I, I almost think the Brewers promotional team can maybe sneak in. I know that there's already Jesus Agar or Bobblehead day. That didn't help get, get his back to him. But maybe they could make like a Jesus candle night or something like that. I know those are pretty popular. Um and that way, maybe you could get some divine intervention and get that back going, but I don't know. Um, definitely, our, our offense is being carried by Yelich, and Kane, of course, is still doing a phenomenal job. And yes, Monty Grandel has been great so far this season. But I think a huge key to our lineup is probably Ryan Braun, like you're saying, uh, hitting right behind Yelich. I mean, they're going to start to pitch around Yelich, I think. A uh, real key to our offense for the rest of the season is definitely going to be how well Brian Braun bats because he's going to have guys on base in front of him with those two awesome caliber players on in front of him. Um, of course, Yelich has been clearing the bases quite a bit in front of Braun, but still, um, first game of the St. Louis series, uh, Braun's definitely showing his age. He had a pretty routine-ish fly ball they let drop that start a huge rally and basically put the game away first game in St. Louis. So, um, I don't know. Braun's definitely someone we're going to need to come through for us like he always has, but we shall see. Yeah, he had a home run in that game too. I, you know, I, I think Braun's best role, and again, we've discussed it on this podcast, I, I really think that his best role this season would be off the bench if we had that sort of flexibility. You know, a guy who could – play outfield and first base and, and platoon and save his legs a little bit. And um, I don't know that we've got the roster depth to do that. Another bat that you could add in to replace Braun, um, but you could still have him playing most days with that setup uh, at maybe a few different positions as he's shown the ability to do over the years. But um, I worry less about Braun just because of the track record than I do about Sean. I we are just, as you pointed out, Craig, they're guys that were career minor leaguers until, you know, breakout season in 20. Uh, 17 for Sean, 2018 for Aguiar. So, you know, we have to really know what we've got with those guys. And we're not just playing them. We're playing them in the heart of the lineup. Um, so, to me, that's 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 the key right now for the Brewers offense. Well, I guess I yeah, should say I, I, something positive briefly. Um, we are the best fielding team in the National League. So, actually, and I think all the majors. So, uh, you know, the experiment of um, the sack is moving to second base hasn't really hurt us yet. So that's kind of a good thing. It's positive. Yeah, I think the, the Brewers' defensive shifting has been nothing sort of brilliant um, for the last couple of seasons um, and into this yep. one. So I think that yeah, really allows for guys to play out of position almost. And, and kudos to the offensive numbers put up so far by Yasmani Grandal, like you mentioned, Craig. He, uh, he has exceeded expectations with the bat so far. He's shown power. He's hit for average. The guy's a presence in the lineup. So, um, Grandall is certainly doing his part to carry the offense. I, you know, and the other guy who's always been a wild card is Orlando Arcia. I think that, you know, defensively, he's one of the best shortstops in baseball. Offensively, he's been kind of a black hole for the last year, year and a half. And, um, you know, it would be really nice if he could just hit a little bit better than he has. Um, I don't know that we can expect it, which is, again, why it's so important for – you know, Braun and, and, 
Aguiar and Shaw to, to kind of rise up to what they were able to do last year just to make up for his lack of offensive production out of the eighth spot. Why not? Is it possible that maybe Arcia, after having a little bit of early success, um, it seemed like he was uh, really hitting the ball to right field a lot more and hitting some solid contact. Obviously, he's already hit as many home runs as he did all last year, uh, which is great, but it also seems like maybe now he's swinging from the heels a little bit more, and, um, and that, that strategy might not work for the long haul. Yeah, I mean, I'm not a professional hitting coach, but it does seem like he is a guy that particularly that gets in bad habits, and, and it takes a long time for him to break out of those bad habits. So, um, yeah, right now he's swinging from his heels. Last year he, he was out on his front foot too much. Um, he still is a young guy, a really young guy. Um, so there's always the chance that he can, you know, turn it around a little bit. Guys like Elsie Escobar and Gene Segura did, um, you know, at different points in their careers. But, um, you know, again, I, I'm not as worried about Arcia's bat only because he really isn't expected to be a huge bat in the lineup. I think, again, if he plays the gold glove caliber defense that he's capable of playing and everybody else is reaching their offensive potential, you'll be fine. But, um, you know, it'd be nice to see him hit like 250, uh, at least with a little pop and um, not so prone to the strikeout as he's shown that he has been uh, last year and this year. Yeah, I, I think RCO has the talents and he has all, all throughout his minor league career to hit over 250, and I think he'll eventually figure it out at the major league level. But, yeah, last year was really not a good year for him, but I feel like he's making some strides this year, and hopefully um, he'll continue that as his defense is very valuable to the team and his position in particular, shortstop. So um kind of want to turn it over now to talk about uh, the rotation, I guess. Um, pretty much – Catch Brewer fans up if you already know. And obviously, Freddie Peralta was placed on the IL, the injured list. Um, after I think he only did three starts, one of them was brilliant, the other two were very rocky. And then, can we call, it the, can we call it the DL still, Craig? I don't care. Can we just call it the disabled list. I, I was so gonna say, matter. like, I, I'm probably like, I'm so ingrained to saying DL that I'm gonna say DL for at least the next 10 years, no matter what they call it, but. Yeah, I'm not very hip or trendy at all. Like, I feel like the disabled list is appropriate. You know, you're not able to play. You're on the disabled list. You're, you know, it's just what it's always been. I, well, I don't feel could we call it a differently it. abled list and still call it DL? I think that would be much better. Um, or do I, I mean, Scott, you can call whatever you want. That's kind of your role on the show. But, um, yeah, I mean, I, I just don't necessarily – I don't know if I'm going to remember to call it the IL or anything, oh. just for the record. You guys might be putting me in a shame spiral. I may have to go to a safe space. <laughs> you do that, Scott. Um, yeah, besides Peralta, obviously, uh, Corbin Burns was really uh, – showed some great strikeout potential in his starts, but he was giving way too many home runs in particular. And uh, I thought the Brewers kind of pulled the plug on him a little soon. Well, they sent him to the Meyer Leagues. Um, to kind of work on, I'm sure he'll be back up and he'll have a rotation spot at that point. I don't think they're switching him to the bullpen or anything crazy like that. I think that the, they're still, he's a starter long term. Uh, I just thought he needed a couple, you know, they kind of had to give him a quick hook after giving him such confidence when I was spring training. But with that being said, I mean, for a contending team, you really can't have him, you know, go through growing pains like that at the major level. I think this really harkens back to the Brewers' plan of coming in the season, giving Woodruff. Peralta and 
burns, rotation spots, um, knowing that there were going to be some growing pains. But I think that uh, they felt that they were ready and that was the best for their future, and it probably still is. But uh, with that being said, uh, with Burns being sent down, Chase Anderson got started back in the rotation. And their fifth starter spot's kind of up in the air, but I know that the Brewers did recall Adrian Hauser to make a, a start, but I feel it might only be like a spot start as I don't think he's a long-term rotation piece personally, but more of just like a fill-in-depth longman type guy. But anyway, um, you never know. Um, but um, I don't really – what are you guys' thoughts on what the Brewers' even short-term plans are going to be for that fifth spot in the rotation? Uh, you know, with those two open spots, Chase Anderson obviously filling one, and then at least one more. Um, you think it's going to be Hauser and Phil Burns is ready, or – or potentially there's been some rumors that there's obviously Keiko still out there. I, I don't see that happening. But uh, interesting news as of basically this taping is that Gio Gonzalez just today uh, was let go by the Yankees who had an opportunity to add him to their major league roster, under, but they, they decided not to say he's a free agent. And obviously he has a history at the Brewers of last year's playoff run and definitely could use a veteran arm, I, I, I feel at least. No, I agree, Craig. I think that Gio would be a benefit to the rotation right now. I was never in favor of putting all three of those guys in the rotation at the same time, the three younger guys, Woodruff, Burns, and Peralta. Um, I felt like we should have had at least one of those guys remain in the bullpen just because they were all pretty valuable out of the bullpen at times last year. Um, so I was hoping that we would get at least two or three. I, I personally felt like Woodruff would be a great bullpen arm, but um, maybe Burns was that guy. I also think that it's very early. You don't change your entire organizational plan for the next you know, five, six years with these guys just because of a bad month either. So um, I'm sure that we haven't seen the last of Corbin Burns in the starting rotation in Milwaukee. I think that he just, you know, been sent down to work on a couple things and he'll he'll be back. And he wasn't prone to giving up, you know, the long ball very much in the minor league. So I, I tend to think it's kind of a weird aberration. Um, and that being said, maybe he's tipping his pitches. You, you never know. There's something that, you know, hopefully coaches are working with him to identify while he's he's in AAA. Um, that being said, if, we, if we're not going to sign Gio, um, I, you know, internally, I guess that Hauser is a possibility. You can, you can, you know, look at him. He's got a little bit of a track record. The Brewers did convert him uh, to being a starter to start the year in AAA this season. So maybe that was a Brewers plan all along was to have him, you know, ready to make these, uh, make, make starts in situations like this. So I'm, I'm going to guess that it's going to be Hauser um, in the short term at least. I kind of hope it winds up being Gio Gonzalez, but um, I, I actually don't know. I mean, I, I like to think that his price tag is pretty cheap, but uh, there are definitely plenty of teams out there that could use another lefty in their rotation. So I guess you never know. And, I mean, there seems like, um, well, I mean, the Mets, obviously, when DeGrom comes yeah. down, uh, they could be looking at him. It would be a pretty short commute for him. But, um, yeah, I don't know. It's – I guess – since I'm struggling with the answer, the answer is that there is no good option for the fifth starter at this point um, on this team. And that's definitely scary, I guess. Um, I, we may as well throw out there that Zach Brown is not ready. Um, he probably won't be for a while, in my opinion. But, um, yeah, I, I don't see a good answer. Well, and I think that the Brewers were kind of hoping to make do for a bit with some of these younger guys until Jimmy Nelson returns from his injury. So, um, you know, with these pitching injuries, I just think that it's such a wild card to bank on a specific timetable. I mean, Jimmy Nelson was rumored to be back last May, if you guys remember. <laughs> the Brewers were first talking about his timetable, and obviously that didn't work out, and he still isn't back yet this year. So maybe it's, you know, May of 2019 that he comes back, or maybe it's June or further. 
So it'll be interesting to see, you know, what, what Jimmy's progression has been like in extended spring training. I think that'll play uh, a big role in what David Stearns is looking to do now um, with Gio. That, you know, the thing with Gio, not to dampen any enthusiasm with this, but, you know, Gio sat on the open market until March. I mean, he didn't sign until very late in the free agency or in the offseason uh, when he signed with the Yankees. So I, I tend to think that if we were going to sign him, we probably would have already done it uh, in the offseason when he was available. Um, so I, I really – don't know if he would have opted out of his contract uh, with the Yankees if he expected to be paid less. Um, the Yankees have had lots of injuries. I still think that he could have made that team at some point in the near future, but um, I just don't think he would have opted out if he was going to make less money, but I guess time will tell. Actually, Vince, I, think a lot of... I just Go wanted ahead. to quick tell Vince, I'm really sorry, that um, it looks like Jimmy Nelson might, if we're really, really, really lucky, he might actually be um, – pitching for the San Antonio missions when you're out there. So, Well, I will be there. I think it's a good segue, Scott. Uh, well, we'll get back to Craig's point, but um, I will be attending the San Antonio missions Brewers AAA teams uh, game on Wednesday evening of this week. So we're taping this on a Monday night. So um, I will be down in San Antonio for that. And we'll make sure to, to provide a lot of content to our uh, subscribers on Twitter and, and be ready to go for that for our next podcast. Awesome. Craig, what are your thoughts on Jimmy Nelson and, and uh, the future of the rotation here? Well, I think the Brewers going into this year were not sure. I mean, I think they expected Nelson to be back at some point this year and in their hope of hopes, I guess, that he'd be back to his old self by somehow at least the stretch run of like September and into the playoffs and have a somewhat fresh arm because of it. Uh, I think that's what their plan might have been. And in the meantime, hey, we're going to go with the young guys. But Chase Anderson is kind of a backup option and a long relief role. And if anything, you know, one of the, the young guys doesn't go well, we'll just slot Chase back in, send the other the young guy down to AAA, and then, uh, and then this plan should work. Well, I mean, we've got Peralta on the DL and Burns sent down. And so we've got an opening, and that's why I think Gio doesn't make some sense. I get what you're saying that um, perhaps you know the Brewers would have already signed them, but I think that they're you know the best laid plans here are not uh, necessarily coming to fruition. And uh, I don't know when Peralta will be back, but I mean Gio, I, I just think that adding a veteran like him um, with the amount of innings that he's shown he can pitch. Um, decent quality innings it would be valuable to this team right now. Um, and and oh, yeah. he, could be had, he could be had without giving anything up. I mean, usually, as you saw, we had to actually give up a decent amount you know, of minor league players to get Gio last August. And so why not just acquire him now for probably not too much money and, and have him, even if it's just a depth piece or if he eventually even gets put in the bullpen or something, I don't know. Um, We'll see. I think there's going to be some competition. Obviously, other people have some lot of injury problems um, with rotations and people getting hurt all the time now. And I, I, it wouldn't surprise me if he got offers from four or five teams all of a sudden now, even though he, people really don't only kick the tires on him this offseason. I think that he'll definitely land uh, something real soon um, because of the need, I guess, uh, that has arose. And, We'll see. And I think the teams would probably rather sign Geo and not give up a draft pick and hardly any money, a short one-year deal, 
been, you know, pulling out for Keiko at this point, but uh, that's just me. Um, and I don't know if we still have time, but real quick about the Brewers bullpen. Um, Jeremy Jeffers did come back this week finally and pitched at the major league level. It does not seem to me that Council is throwing him in there in ninth inning rolls yet. Uh, he's kind of easing him back in, which I think is probably smart until he's, he sees that he's ready. But I still feel that the plan will be for Jeffers possibly, you know, assuming we don't sign Kimbrell or something, would be in that ninth inning role at some point this season with uh, Hayter still being kind of like the floater or whatever. Uh, yeah, and with Nables injury, yeah, that makes some sense. Um, yeah, def- definitely. And let's hope that Jeremy's arm is feeling or his shoulder is feeling better. I know that, you know, he did struggle a little bit in his minor league rehab uh, outings, but let's let's hope that he can step up to the occasion. He's a guy who's set on record that he really steps up for big games or the adrenaline rush is what really motivates him. So let's hope that that's the case. And, you know, now that he's pitching in big league ball games and has some adrenaline flowing, that we're going to see the old Jeremy Jeffers back. It'll be a huge boost in the arm right now for this bullpen. I mean, because if you take Hater away, who's also you know, shown to be less than superhuman this particular week, he's given up a couple of big home runs against the Dodgers, which costs us dearly. But, I mean, if you take him out altogether, the Brewers' bullpen overall is looking pretty mediocre on paper, if you ask me, and that, that worries me uh, because I feel that that should really be the strength, one of the strengths of our team. And uh, obviously we, we don't don't hope to take Josh Hater out of the equation, so we do at least – have him, but outside of that, there's not too many people in the bullpen that I feel super confident when we bring him in. Unfortunately, I have in the past couple of years, so um, I don't know. Just I think there'll be some ups and downs of this team, and like, but like Scott said, looking at that brutal first schedule, first 26 games against such quality teams, he thought he'd be happy we go 13 and 13. Well, uh, we're going to just well, we already have 13 wins, but we're not going to have too many more than that. <laughs> Uh, it's good. Yeah. So after this stretch, I think the Brewers, uh, can get back on track. I think it'll really take Jesus and Shaw to get going. And you know, especially, you know, Yelich cannot possibly keep up this pace. So he's going to call it a slump if he just goes back to being regular all-star level rather than ungodly, uh, super hero MVP level. Um, at some point, um, but other guys really got to step up, uh, Braun also, and everyone. So I, I think it'll happen. Um, and uh, same thing with the rotation. Um, I think we'll we'll get it worked out. But I really feel like an, an addition, whether it be Kimbrel or Chio Gonzalez, to this team sometime in the next couple of weeks would be a real nice shot in the arm. But we shall see. Craig, for what it's worth, our anonymous source, Tom Carter, um, he says that the Brewers are going to sign Gio Gonzalez this week. Whoa. Oh, wow. okay. Well, he's confident. So we should put yeah. that on Twitter. No, I, yeah, I know. That came directly from Tom Carter, our anonymous source. Wow. So just for the record. That's incredible. Oh, okay. Is he going to be signed by the yep. time we even publish this? Well, you're going to have to ask Tom. I mean, you can give him a call. 414-902-4000 is our anonymous source, Tom's phone number. So you can just call him there. (laughs) Perfect. (laughs) And not only that, but while you're on hold, you can uh, listen to some great calls by Bob Uecker, great plays in history. I'm sure there are probably long hold times right now. And uh, listen to those upcoming Brewers promotions. That's true. That's that's true. And and ask specifically for our anonymous source, Tom Carter. He'll answer. 
All right, we're right tell on. Him, time left. Tell him your name is what Todd Lincoln. I think that would be uh, <laughs> good. Tom Lincoln. L I N C O L N. Tom Lincoln. <laughs> That's good. Kind of an inside joke there, folks. Um, I yeah, I don't know what the timer's telling us, but I do want to quick thank uh, all of our followers on Twitter. We are now uh, over 600. We reached that plateau a few days ago, so thank you uh, very much to everyone who's followed us recently and who's continued to support us since we started our podcast back in uh, March of 2018. It's been going over a year now. Um, you can give us a follow at Brew Review one on Twitter and continue to send in your uh, email questions. Uh, we've got a, a lot of them to catch up on, I'm sure, but Review podcast with an S at gmail.com is our show's uh, email address, and we'll try to get to your questions uh, on our next episode. Oh, we've got a Facebook page, too, now, I guess, like another one or something. I think it's, like, our third one. But um, Well, what is it, Scott? Why don't you tell our fans? What is it? Uh, I, I don't you get know. There? I have no idea what it is. Just look up Brook Review and hope, I guess. It'll be the one with the most current logo on it, and it'll be the only one with, like, any posts from the last five years. So, yeah. Well, maybe our Let's interns can merge them all together. Our, our interns can work on that here in the next I, week. But, yeah, check, check us out on Facebook as well. Our interns yeah, can you actually. Please, Scott, can you please fire whatever intern started a new Facebook page? Thank you. Last time I was looking at um, our interns, they were taking rubber bands and shooting flies on the ceiling. So I'm not sure <laughs> what's well, going on. Sometimes that's a necessary duty, uh, the Brooker <laughs> Review Studios, but um, <laughs> we'll try to, try to get that situation resolved here this week. <laughs> All right, before we wrap yeah, up, uh, real quick, this week, I, am. I think six games, uh, three against the Cardinals in St. Louis, three against the Mets in New York. What do you feel we're going to do for the week? Um, I'll say three and three. That? Um. I'm going to say two and four. I actually think that this is um, this is going to be a rough week for us, but I think that there's a light at the end of the tunnel. After this, the schedule gets a little bit more favorable. All right. I'm going to be optimistic and say three and three. Yeah, it's tough. That's kind of new. That's kind of that's kind New York, though. That's kind of neutral, Craig. That's not really optimistic because you're not saying we're going to win more games than we're going to lose. Well, there's only one really, team with uh, I was going to say one of five, us. actually. So I felt that I was being optimistic. Oh, yeah. So you're being more optimistic <laughs> than you're being more optimistic than a pessimist, but that's not. I mean, still not optimistic. Well, not being unrealistic. No, I didn't say that. I just said you're being more optimistic than a pessimist. That's all. I mean, I want us to go yeah. six and zero, but I have a feeling that's yeah. possible. Okay. Well, well right, you win some, you lose some. <laughs> right now, I'll go, anyway, I'll go three and three. All right, that's good. Uh, right now, anyway, there's only one team that's pitching worse than the Milwaukee Brewers in the National League, and it happens to be the New York Mets. So um, that should be a pretty wild series. <laughs> yep. Yep. Should be fun. And, and maybe the Brewers or the Mets will sign one of the remaining free agents before the series starts. So it should be should be interesting. Maybe it'll be Keiko against Geo, the game three of the series or something. <laughs> Oh, that'd be phenomenal. <laughs> I'll take either one, yeah. Yeah, okay. Sounds good. I didn't say who was going where. <laughs> All right. Well, I think that's a wrap, guys. All right, guys. Well, uh, I guess in the meantime, go Brewers and stay classy, Wisconsin. Stay classy. Go Brewers. Do, 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 do.